everybody, and on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to get into the NCAA championship game between uh, Virginia and Texas Tech. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the AFL and what happened there. Um, and of course, Magic Johnson and the saga that is Los Angeles Lakers. On this week of Guys Talking Sports. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, where it's actually two of us tonight and not actually three. Um, Al is uh, is unavailable tonight, so uh, me and, and Big Man is going to definitely um, take it for tonight. Um, so always, as always, glad that everyone is describing, glad everyone is um, listening into our podcast. Any feedback, anything you want us to talk about, definitely send us your, um, your notes, feedback, texts, tweets, anything you want to know. And so without further ado... Um, Big Ace, how you doing tonight? Man, I'm good, man. It's towards the end of the week. Looking forward to see Trevor Noah with my girlfriend on Saturday. We're doing a little couples thing at uh, Royal Farm Arena in Baltimore. So hopefully Trevor Noah will hold it down, slap us with some of those political type of jokes, and uh, keep it real funny. I <laughs> <laughs> get a chance too often to watch his, uh, his show, but I've seen a couple of clips of some stuff and uh, – it's a pretty funny cat, so uh, yeah. hopefully he'll be there. Uh, and considering he's South African, you know, and he can sit there and do all types of different voices and all that great stuff, so I'm really looking forward to catching the show. Nah, well, you definitely got to let us know next week how it was. No, definitely. Cool. Uh, so let's get right into it. Obviously, um, the big talk of the news. Before we get to that, um, actually, the um, March Madness concluded. Uh, this past Monday with um, Texas Tech playing uh, Virginia for the national championship game. Uh, pretty um, pretty good game. Um, didn't come down to the exact wire, but it was definitely a close game throughout with um, Virginia actually pulling out at the end. Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch too much of the game. Hopefully, Ace, you got a chance to watch a little bit more. Um, I saw some clips. So what did you think of the game? And actually, do you think that the refs blew it for Texas Tech? Nah, 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 nah. The, the shot that uh, ended the regulation was a clean block, uh, I guess, because I forget the catch name from Texas Tech, but he's like their star player. So it was pretty obvious when he got the rock. You know, he tried to do a turnaround Jay. Defender was all up in his grill, got a nice clean block. So I'm not going to blame any officials on this particular game. Uh, I will say that... For all those who poo-pooed the game and dismissed the game because it was Virginia, Texas Tech, and didn't think it would be a good game to watch because they're two defensive juggernauts as far as not trying to let their opponents score 50-plus points a game. All the pundits and everything, you know, everybody who's talking about the game said this is probably one of the top seven best championship games that was ever played. So kudos to Virginia for winning the national championship, definitely bouncing back from that uh, disappointing first-round loss against uh, UNBC, uh, the 16 versus one. So to come back the following year, win the national championship, that's some uh, some sweet redemption. But got to give props to Texas Tech. Uh, had a hell of a season, you know, representing the Big 12, West Virginia, Big 12. So I had, to, I had to pull for Texas Tech in the championship. Though I will admit that I did call for Auburn, Texas Tech championship, and I did call for Auburn to win. Uh, but Auburn was – now, I can say now with that game with Auburn and uh, Virginia, 
I don't think I would have called a foul on that last shot to allow Virginia to, you know, hit the last three, the final three free throws to propel them to victory to go to the final game. I would have had to let that game play out. But, you know, it was a foul, but I couldn't, in my right mind as a ref, I couldn't let that be the deciding factor of how a team ends up going to the championship. But it is what it is. Uh, Virginia had a hell of a season. Uh, they were constantly in the top ten all season. Uh, deserving win. And uh, they're already uh, dictated, not, uh, you know, the way, way, way too early national championship for next year. They're already predicted to win because they're only losing one senior. So uh, it was a nice conclusion to the NBA, uh, to the college basketball season. Uh, a lot of disappointing heads as far as Duke not making it and all that good stuff. But that's the madness of March Madness, you know what I mean? It's just too unpredictable. And that's what makes it so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, March Madness, I mean, you know, there's always going to be some some questionable calls that's going to go all through the playoffs, especially the questionable calls become tighter once you get down to the Elite Eight, Final Four, and the championship game. Yeah, Auburn definitely had something to, you know, you know, argue about with, with their foul. I hate that. I hate that that jumper where the guy jumps up and leans into a person. The guy's clearly trying to not foul him. You call a foul when the guy is jumping and leaning into him, a la Reggie Miller, that they kind of stop calling in the NBA, but they still call that in the NCAAs. Um, so then you get into this last game. Guy from Texas Tech hit it. When you slow it down in slow motion, and then you see it, he gets a block, but then he gets his hand. You know, that was – James Harden, bow, you know, but they swallowed the whistle at this point. So it's, you know, it's tip for tat these kind of things. And, um, you know, Virginia definitely had some close games. Texas Tech, and I did say before we started, you know, keep an eye on them with their defense. And I watched, you know, maybe the first 10 minutes of that game. And, damn, if it was not a defensive game, you know, for not. I mean, offense definitely picked up in the second half um, a little bit. But, um Kudos to Virginia. I mean, you know, this goes for Texas Tech and Virginia. Virginia really going from worst to first. Um, and Texas Tech definitely being in there. Um, like you said, all the flashy stars, you know, the guys out there, the Duke with their, you know, fabulous freshman team, any other guys out there. But then you have Texas Tech and you have Virginia, a lot of upperclassmen still there. Maybe this is the trend. I know we know that the NCAA and, um, and, um, in um, you know, about some major leagues, the basketball <laughs> is already in discussions about ending the one and done rule. What they're going to come up with in this place is debatable, but we do know that the one and done rule is going to be going. Um, so um, I don't know. It was definitely some exciting games in um, Elite Eight. Final Four was definitely good. I think um, this is a testament that for purest basketball. You don't need a Duke with the super freshman that's going to be going out there already. I mean, Cam Reddish is already declared for, you know, for the draft. The kid, um, Job Mormont, he's already declared for the draft. I don't think Zion has officially declared for the draft, but everybody is probably predicting that he will. The yeah. shocker would be if he decides to come back, which nobody thinks <laughs> he is, but he hasn't declared yet. I think the other kid from 
um, do Trey Jones actually decided to – no, was it Trey Jones or – No, uh, R.J. Barrett and uh... – Somebody staying from Duke. Oh, you sure he's not the kid from North Carolina? No, I remember seeing something um, – this is when we need like uh, an intern or stats or statistician to kind of say who's uh who this. But I think I do remember somebody from Duke that was projected to come. They were saying they're not going to come. I know R.J. Barrett. Uh, it might have been Trey. I'm looking. No, at Trey him. Jones. It's Trey Jones. Trey Jones. Okay. Yes. And he needed this to come back because <laughs> that shot was a little bit erratic. Yeah, you know, I mean, they can't all, no matter how much those freshmen think that they can sit there and think they're going to play one year and go, some of them ain't ready. So yeah. it's, good, it's good that some of them decide, you know what, maybe I need to stick for one more season, maybe two, and then decide to go go pro as opposed to the, uh, you know, the, the obvious choices from Duke. Zion's, the RJ's, and the Cam Reddish's of the world. Obviously, all three of them are top five picks. <laughs> or at least top ten. Right. And that's what makes, I think, that's what makes things a little bit more disappointing considering the talent level that came out of Duke. But, I mean, Kentucky should be your, your barometer as far as they've been doing it longer than anybody else, but they only got one national championship to show for it. You know, so it's not always necessary. It's nice to have one and done because it brings some energy and it's some excitement, but it doesn't guarantee a national championship by no shape or form. So that's like I said last week, how I kind of, how I kind of applaud uh, Izzo from Michigan State because he hasn't gone to that level of trying to recruit one and done. You know, he's he's uh, he's okay with you know being consistent. Being, you know, in the top tier of the Big Ten, maybe not always make it to the Sweet 16 every year, but know every three or four years he's going to get you a Final Four type of caliber team just because of the type of players he brings in. So maybe bad college basketball will go back to, you know, that pure type of basketball once these the guys who just determined that they're one and done could just ultimately just go straight to the NBA. And there might be a little bit more parity. Not so much more parity, but then – uh, maybe more of the blue bloods that we're accustomed to winning on a consistent level will get back to where they were just because, you know, those kids have to sit there. I think they'll be like football. At least they should be making like football where if you declare to go to college, you got to give, uh, you got to give, you know, three years of eligibility before you can determine to go pro. Yeah. And uh, like you said, Kentucky was definitely the um, the poster child for mm-hmm. the one and dones. I mean, you got the last one and dones with Anthony Davis was there. But yeah, and that's the he, team that won the championship. Yeah, but he, it wasn't all one and done. I mean, it was all, you know, freshmen. It was a touted freshman, Anthony Davis, but you still had a collection of, you know, upperclassmen coming off the bench and around them. So, I mean, yeah, even the Fab Five. <laughs> They still couldn't get the job, you know. The, you know, cut the mustard. They lost, you know, their freshman year. So I mean, like you said, just because you have high, highly touted, you know, blue chippers coming to your squad doesn't translate always to actually translate except for one or twice to national championship. It's still 
You still need guys that have been there. You still need guys that have been under that pressure. Only way you're going to learn to win sometimes is if you need to lose. Right. Like with that fighting independent spirit. So you know, a lot of these guys are one and done, aren't going out there to really put too much into it um, because they know they have a bigger, you know, fish yeah. to catch. Right, right. They're not going to go at full speed. They're not going to go down. They're not going to, you know, do the dirty work because they don't want to risk an injury and risk their stock draft. They're worried about whether they're going to go in the top five. They're not really worried about going all the way to the national championship game. They don't care about, quote, unquote, the final four, which to me, the final four is more prestigious <laughs> than waking to the national championship. So um, we'll see. I mean, you know, but I said hats off to Virginia uh, for doing it. Um, they're going to be probably returning, what, 90% of their players, so they're definitely going to be in the mix again. Duke is going to lose. Duke is going to lose all of their guys. I mean, I don't know who they got coming in, but the center of the college basketball universe um, probably will not be fixated on Duke like it was when they, you know, at the beginning of this year. So, um, it was definitely a good March Madness. I didn't play a bracket, so I had the opportunity just to watch games and I'd really be worried about, well, I can't, I can't have this team, you know, win because first this have another squad winning and, you know, you're just able to watch the game and enjoy it for what it is. Right, 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 yeah. I I, I just – I opted not to, to do the brackets just because it was I, – I know I would have been pissed, especially if a lot of times, you know, they associate the, the brackets with a little bit of gambling, you know, you – you know, you can submit as many brackets as you want, $10 a bracket. You know, whoever wins, wins the pot. And when you get 20, 20 or $30 in it, you know, and you, your brackets are shot to hell within the first weekend, you're a little pissed off because you just pretty much just gave away $30. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to fall back this year and uh, just enjoy the, the March Madness for its purity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we go from there. But, you know, uh, it wasn't – it was an absence of a little bit of scandal. You know, your, our, our, our local scumbag uh, lawyer, Avenatti, <laughs> <laughs> pulling out that whole thing about uh, Zion's parents receiving a little bit of cake from, uh, from Nike. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's like nobody's oblivious to that crap. I just don't think that anybody really cares so much because – Nike slipping Zion's parents 40K or 50K, they get that back 15 fold. So <laughs> it don't really matter, you know what I mean? So, and that's all depending if he signs with Nike at the at the when he gets into um when when he gets into the NBA. And oh, after that whole shoe blowout thing, that's still up in the air. <laughs> oh, so but Nike actually came down and gave him a custom a custom fitting. And created a sneaker just for him. Yeah, of, that blowout. of course, because they're trying to. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. They're trying to save their ass. You better hold. And they want to make sure that they get Zion signed to that sneaker deal, because that fifty grand that they let they gave the parents, like I said, fifteen time fold, they're gonna get that back. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. But like I said, they better hope at the end of the day, he opts to sign with Nike. Right. To turn around and sign with Congress or somebody. <laughs> Does <laughs> he signed his name on a dotted line? You just gave fifty thousand for the hope that if allegedly now I want to say allegedly we don't want to get sued by anybody, but right. allegedly if those payments just change hands, it's for services 
not for services due, but it's for future services due. Right, exactly. If that is how it went down. But yeah, Michael Avenatti saying stuff that Zion or anybody took any money, we all know money is flowing. And it's not flowing directly into the players' hands. It's going to these AAU programs mm-hmm. where these guys are all playing at. And then they can kind of maneuver and direct people to go to certain contracts or go to certain schools where you know Nike is a Duke is, is a Duke preferred shoe or you know Adidas right. is a Georgetown preferred shoe. Right. It's all speculation here, but we all know how this goes down. So I mean what he's saying doesn't really shock anybody. Everybody knows what's going on. I mean men's and women's. I mean God knows how much money's slipping through to people that go to Connecticut. Notre Dame, <laughs> Baylor, yeah, South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi, on the girl side. No one's talking right. about that. And you right. know it's a lot of money. And you know Gino, you know, probably didn't get a lot of money in his hands directly. But you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know he knows what's going on. So, Man, man, plausible deniability. It's not like he don't know. But as long as he has no direct connection, can't pinpoint him. <laughs> I don't know nothing. <laughs> she wanted to come here. He gave her a scholarship. Exactly. Just so happens that we might have a Nike product, and I don't, I don't know nothing. <laughs> Just so happens she went to the league, and then she signed a Nike contract. So be it. <laughs> I know nothing. Whatever they want to give back to the school as quote unquote donations, and that goes on both sides of the fence, men's and women. That's all good. But eventually those donations will somehow funnel their way back to parties, you know. Mm-hmm. Not directly. It'll get washed several times before it hits anybody's direct hands, like coaches or anything like that. This is all allegedly that you know I've heard over the years that it's a big it's a big money thing and it's in basketball, football. It's all over. All over. Man, you know what's crazy though? You know, the other day I saw uh, Blue Chips on TV. <laughs> a good movie, actually. Exactly, just like the program. Very. You, good. Know, you, you notice that they have not come out with any movies like that since the nineties. They're like, hmm, now this is this is a little too little too accurate of a depiction of what's going on in college sports. We don't need this. <laughs> you don't want anybody really picking up the um. You know, lifting up the hood and seeing what's going on underneath. Right, right, right. I guess the the, the last movie that kind of tipped on it was uh, was it the Michael War story? Um, I forget the name of that. Oh, so, um, I can't think of the name of the movie off the top of my head. But I know. Right. Yeah. I guess they kind of teetered on it a little bit, but you know, this wasn't like you know. How in Blue Chips was like the, the dude from Indiana was like, you know, my father needs $30,000 in a new tractor. <laughs> and you see a tractor $30,000 show up at the door, like, I mean, it, it's real. It's it's crazy. But, you know, I, 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 I'm really looking forward to see if somebody else will try to depict the movie to, to come out and really see how college athletics is really dirty. Because it's a dirty thing, man. It's real dirty. <laughs> Look, man, money changes hands. That's college sports is big business. Mm-hmm. And college football, damn near at some points, rivals, you know, 
you know, football, you know, the NFL. The NFL is a, a multi-billion dollar <laughs> company. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of money. It, it, it just goes to show that football itself, NFL makes so much money that uh, a, a, another professional league like the, AA, the AAF, it can't function. But yet, you know, the NFLPA doesn't want to pump any money into it. Because I guess they're like, why the hell would we want to sit there and pump money into something where we have a breeding system already, which is the NCAA college football system? <laughs> you know what? And I want to talk about the AFL the last time he was on call. But before, you know, before we switch gears here, what is your thought about the the, um, the, the AFL? Um, and it's, you know, grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they might have been on to something when they – align themselves with the NFL, meaning that it would have been competitive competitive football if the NFL wanted to pump money into it. Granted, um, I don't know if the NFL saw it as a scenario where they felt threatened by the situation, you know, but it's not like they had captivating media, uh, media audiences and not like they were selling out stadiums for their games, but obviously, I don't know. I think the way they ended was just a little bit absurd. They were streaming the games. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just weird. They had millions of dollars pumped into it. So you trying to tell me that the salary across the board, I believe, was $75,000 each player. Like, no player was paid any more, any less. So it was even keel across the board. So they had to have an idea of how much it would have cost to pay the players in the bottom line in that scenario. So I just don't understand how is it that they could just up and close shop just like that. So they had to have a bottom, uh, a number calculated. So we need this amount of money to pay the players if nothing else. So obviously I don't know what the hell they were doing behind the scenes with the hemorrhaging money somehow or, or whatever, but it just – it just seemed real shady. Like, and that's why I read that they, uh, two lawsuits are, are, are popped up against them because I heard that they, uh, when they shut down operations, like they told the players, like, you on the hook for getting your own self home. You're, they, like, the players was, were left with hotel bills because the league didn't pay for the hotel bills. So it's like all the work that they put in pretty much is going to pay for hotel bills and whatever travel that they expenses that they had. So it's like they almost played for free. Hmm. <laughs> you know, when I first saw the first games on CBS and I looked at it, you know, I wasn't sure. I was, I was skeptical at first, but when I saw that they're on CBS and you did have some former NFL guys there, you know, coaching, you know, commentating, some guys that you would see, on, on regular Sunday football, you know. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right, so I'm thinking, all right, maybe the NFL doesn't view it as a threat, but maybe they kind of have to, they have their hands in it a little bit somehow. Like you said, maybe an alternative, but once they shop, once they stopped showing the football games on CBS and went to showing it on ESPN or USA or some channels that no one's paying attention to, and yet you're showing college basketball, you're about to show, you know, baseball, but let's take out baseball. You're showing college basketball on CBS and 
you know, Fox and you're doing the NBA and stuff like that. Where was the lane for people to go and watch that? I mean, once the Super Bowl goes, your appetite for football kind of dips because now you're getting ready for baseball is coming up in, a, you know, about a month or two. College basketball, and it's ramping up now. March Madness comes. March Madness has the attention of the entire sporting world for about a month and a half. Where does, this AF, where does AFL fall into? They're not getting any major network time because that's being all positioned towards college basketball. Right. Um, where, where are you going to put them at? And the one thing about the NFL is that, you know, on Sundays, you know, from starting at 12 o'clock at night to damn near 12 o'clock in the evening, you know, you're going to be on either CBS, NBC, or Fox. They ain't right. showing no damn games on ESPN. They ain't showing it on TNT. They ain't showing it on USA. They're showing it on one of those three major networks. You got CBS, Fox during the day, and then you got NBC at night. And ESPN, which I don't know why they got, they need to get off of ESPN and put it back on ABC or something because it just looks like a, an abandoned stepchild. But, right. but then again, it's like you got college football, and then you go right to, you know, the regular football. To me, I'm all football out by the time the Super Bowl ends. I need a break. I like that break between February and August. Right. I agree with you. Um, the biggest downfall for them was trying to pit this particular league up against March Madness because people really care about that. You know, that's some real betting. That's some real money-changing hands type of sporting events. Baseball, like you said, is coming into the fray. NBA is winding down. Um, personally, I think if a, if a football, an alternate football league is going to have to come, come to play, it has to come somewhere where it's after the draft, the professional teams are going into the OTAs, and it's that law of the summer when it's just nothing but baseball, golf, and tennis that's on TV. <laughs> where around that time, people are kind of thirsting for something other than baseball, golf, or tennis, <laughs> or the WNBA. <laughs> You're stepping on somebody, and, you know, baseball, well, basketball ends beginning June. of the Right. Then you have really all of June, and then once you hit June, you go right into July, and that's OTAs, and everybody's worried about what their teams are doing, and then you got August, which is preseason. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, um, but it could almost work. Like, it could almost work where if they go into it somewhere like in May and lead it right up into the Hall of Fame game, you know, right where preseason starts. And then that way, the championship, you can even play it off where the championship game is like early that day. Then you have the, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony that night, and then you lead into the preseason. I mean, football fans will be clamoring over that because it's football, you know. They don't really care. It may not be the best possible football you can put out there, but it's some sort of football. And maybe that could work. But, you know, you're trying to smack dab in March and all that stuff, nah, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like I said, I think the appetite for the, for the, for the public as far as – football year round is not there. I'm, I don't even know what the XFL is going to do. I mean, if I'm the XFL, I'm looking shook because 
you just saw the AFL, which had some backing mm-hmm. in the NFL go flat. What does that do for you guys? If you're going to play you know, football games on the USA Network, which, you know, Raw and SmackDown come on, you can forget about it. Right. <laughs> you're right about that. Unless they do in the summertime on Fox or someone, uh, I don't know. But, but I mean, you can't even really do it in the summertime because Fox is all about baseball or, you know, Sunday, Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon baseball. And they ain't giving that up. Right, exactly. Unless exactly. you do, un, un, unless you try to wiggle around and do Saturday night. But even now, they got Saturday night games on Fox. So it's rough. It's rough. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but switching gears over here, um, before we roll, obviously we got to talk about the um, <laughs> the soap opera that is the Los Angeles Lakers. So mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago, Magic Johnson walks into um, Lakers Lakers Stadium for a game, mind you. <laughs> there was no pre-warning, no nothing. He just walks in, saw a couple of, you know, um, reporters there waiting around for some players to come in, motions them over, says, I got something to tell you guys, and lays out, he tells everybody in the world that he's stepping down. Didn't tell Jeannie Buss, didn't tell LeBron James or anybody. He just came out, and I guess I had an epiphany after his three-hour meeting with Jeannie Buss, and a two-and-a-half two or three-hour meeting with LeBron James and his agent a few days prior to that, and he says that, you know, he's just stepping that, stepping down. Some of the stuff that he said was the backstabbing, the culture, of the environment that was there, and um, you know, his his inability not to be himself. He didn't want to be hamstring. He didn't want to be chained. He still wanted to be Magic Johnson, but realizing that being in this role, he couldn't be Magic Johnson. So. He effective immediately, not at the end of the season, not after all the games are played. He does it a game or two before the end of the season and announces his retirement, So, which throws the Lakers into a bit more of a turmoil than they kind of currently already in. So, uh, Ace, what do you make of all of this? Uh, wow. Um, trust me. I was sitting on sitting there at the TV watching – Ironically, I was sitting there watching ESPN and that little hour special they had at Tiger Woods, you know, where they were capturing that one uh, major that oh, no, it wasn't a major, but I think it was a championship that he won last year. And I was particularly intrigued by it just because, you know, Tiger and all of his shortcomings and everything leading up to a pretty decent last season that he had. But then I saw the ticker that Magic Johnson steps down and I was like, well, this ain't April 1st, so this ain't no April Fool's. And then I start hearing some of the stuff, you know, he needs to be set free. <laughs> and, you know, he realized that he's not cut out for the job because it, it really is demanding to be that, that dude to run an organization. And he was this tired and he wanted to have fun again. And he can't talk to people and he can't do X, Y, Z without it being scrutinized and considering tampering and all that good stuff. I just found it interesting that he did it without talking to Jeannie Buss, who he said he claimed like a sister. Um, 
I found it very interesting that LeBron was in the dark. I find it refreshing, actually, um, that, you know, because all, you know, all the critics were sitting there saying that LeBron made him leave or it was LeBron's reasoning why he did what he did. But come to find out, he was just like, like, Garcon, uh, tell those reporters over here, come here for a second. Stand in front of this Laker banner, like, yeah, by the way, I'm quitting. And, but I also found it very interesting that ESPN was about to drop an article about him and mis- misconduct in the workplace and how he addressed it during that impromptu press meeting that he had where he was saying that, yeah, he heard the whispers and the chirping, but he's like, but if that's the case, why would he have been hired by ESPN twice if that's the type of guy that he is? And he came out with that statement and whatever this article was that ESPN was about to drop, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, and I doubt it might be dropped because I guess whoever wrote that article was like, well, damn, I didn't realize it was hired twice, and maybe he was about to drop some really – some fabrication. And, and, and let's just say we we don't know exactly what the contents of that article was. There's been speculation that it was involved in that. So right. allegedly, especially, we just want to put that out there so we're not trying to see we know something specifically. True, but true, true. Let's I know I'm no problem. <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't be here right now. I'll be on the beach. Yeah, but we don't know. That's what <laughs> that's what the rumor from certain from some some people, credible people, are out there. So but. right, exactly. So I it just goes to show that the LA organization is just a little bit more dysfunction than the uh, from what more than we see, and then it it really makes me beg to differ that. Oh, well, I wouldn't say back to different, but it really makes me wonder if another big star is even willing to come there considering all that's going on. Because now you don't have head of you know, head of basketball operations. You pretty much don't have a coach. He's a dead man walking. Uh, I heard Kupchak is staying on as GM, but, you know. Oh, you mean Rob? Um, Pal- Palenka, I'm sorry, Palenka is staying as GM. Um, but those young stars that are there with all the BS that went on this season, do they really want to stay? Um, I don't know if LeBron joining LA was the best thing in the world because it seems like to me, it kind of set the franchise back a few steps and it may take a minute for them to get where they thought they were going to be after the trade deadline passed. Yeah, it, it, it was quite bizarre. Um, you know, all the things that you've been hearing that Magic said as far as, you know, he can't be him, looks like a man that was in this position. And like I said, something happened with that meeting with him and Jeannie Buss where he just woke up and was just like, yo, I'm out. I, I, I can't do this anymore because I can't be me. Who the hell needs all of this? Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you couldn't even pick up the phone he said that he didn't want to go to her face-to-face and tell her because she knows she'd talk him, out, talk him out of it, which she probably would have tried. But if you was firm in your convictions, then, you know, I'm pretty sure she would have, you know, acquiesced. And then you come out, you know, unified front, you and Palink and be like, you know what? You know what? You know, I just think it's time I need to step back, you know, whatever. But just to come out and, and say all of that without letting nobody know, that's just not right. Now, yeah. mind you, some people have gotten fired <laughs> with, with very little forewarning, but 
I mean, um, to me, that just speaks some some volumes. Like, what's really going on over there? I mean, like I said, maybe for Magic, Magic just was better off being a basketball amb- ambassador, somebody that could have been in a quote-unquote leadership position without actually having to go through the actual day-to-day grind of being, you know, the president of basketball operations, you know. Maybe he could have been a person you could have sent out there to, you know, entice LeBron James to come to play, or you could have enticed Paul George to come to play, or you could have tried to now, if I'm any other free agent out there, Kyrie, Durant, um, Clay, you know, am I looking at that job as someplace I want to go? Uh, no. Because you don't know what's going on. I mean, you already got the quote-unquote – toxic environment of LeBron James being in there. So mm-hmm. do you really want to go and become second fiddle to LeBron James after you've been the man wherever you ever use that, depending on who's they look targeting at? Do you want to go over there to an environment where magic just all of a sudden just quietly just says, I'm done? Where they where they completely mismanaged and botched that entire situation with A D. <laughs> Along with all that young talent that he got on the squad itself. <laughs> And he had to go, you know what? I knew something wasn't right when they went through that whole thing. Nothing happened. And he had to go, you know, in front of all those guys in the team and basically apologize and say, hey, look, we tried to trade you. It didn't work. Now go, now take your ass out there and play and be a professional man about it. Oh, right. by the way, yes, I did try to trade you. And guess what? I'm going to probably try to trade you again. <laughs> at that particular point the whole environment of the team right there was fucked up LeBron James was still hurt he comes back and says I'm going to activate playoff mode and get activated and then Magic just walks out so I don't know it, I think it's a lot more there than what is being said could have been an article that was possibly coming out that allegedly the NBA and ESPN quietly you know squashed because the NBA and ESPN already <laughs> together could be. I mean, do I think that somebody was going to, you know, quietly told him you need to either step down or this is going to come out if you don't step down? I don't know. But to me, the reason is that he was given at that little short press conference that he had, I don't think it's the actual reasons why he just woke up and then just without telling anybody saying I'm resigning. Let me ask this. Do you think Jeannie Buss should uh, trade LeBron? She could. He has no trade calls. Now, uh, so that could. It depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, I think they're probably going to keep him because that's your biggest draw to get people into the building. If you sign them up for one year and trade them, you better be getting a king's ransom and then some. <laughs> moving forward you better be getting someone's first round pick for the next couple of years oh and by the way whoever picks first you want that one too <laughs> like he ain't even in the trade but i want your first round pick too oh. <laughs> um but i don't but i don't think they will so let me ask this so if they go through the preseason and they try to attract some talent and no talent shows up do you play out the season and then say, you know what, LeBron, it was we tried, it didn't work. We need to go in a different direction. Pick up. Mm-hmm. 
because I find it very hard to believe. You know, it, it was easy to believe that nobody wanted to come to Cleveland because it was Cleveland. I find it very interesting that he's in L.A. And if they can't, big, you know, if they can't draw that big talent to come to L.A., then we all know what the answer truly was, that nobody wanted to play with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, he when he went to Miami, Dwayne Wade was already there, and they brought Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was a all-star, but he wasn't that elite first. Op. He wasn't that kind of an all-star where he had been the man for so many years. Yeah, right. he was a man in Toronto by himself, but he wasn't like, you know, that dude like a Durant or somebody or AD right. um, in that perspective. So they kind of all agreed to come to a squad together. LeBron James uh, reputation hadn't been where it's all about him. I mean, he sucks the oxygen out of the room and out of a team, really no fault of his own. So everything always going to be about LeBron. And so when you get to Cleveland, Kyrie didn't like that. Some other people didn't like that. And when he comes, people go. And they bring in people, not to form a team, but the people that's going to play around. And when he leaves, now you're left with parts that don't fit because your main person you got to fit around is going. So Cleveland is in a right. Miami wasn't that bad off because you still had Dwayne Wade. And so now he goes to L.A. If he leaves L.A., they're still going to be in a lurch. Yeah, but at least they still got the young talent. You know, and um, I sit here and I think, you know, you made an interesting point. Like, LeBron went to Miami and Wade was there. Um, LeBron went back to Cleveland. Kyrie was there. And the only reason Love ended up in Minnesota is because Cleveland parted with Andrew Wiggins, the number one overall draft pick. So they figured, why, why the hell not? <laughs> you know, they got some other pieces in Andrew Wiggins. They're like, sure, why not? You know, and it just, it, it kind of happened that way. But it wasn't like Kevin Love said, I have to play with LeBron. Because I don't think that Kevin Love, Kevin Love would have, I think Kevin Love was content being in Minnesota. Granted, he wanted to win, but he was the man in Minnesota. You know, he was rele relegated to the third option in Cleveland. Um... So, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to make sense that all these years and all the years LeBron has been in the NBA, nobody really wanted to come to him. He always managed to go somewhere where they already had a star. So it'll be, it'll be really compelling to see this offseason if L.A. could pull off a coup and get some players to come play with LeBron. And they'd be LeBron's sidekick. I think it all depends on who they get as the GM. And right now, I mean, new president of basketball operations. So right now, so Magic is out for reasons. For reasons I believe is not what he said. <laughs> and trust me, I think over the next weeks and months, we're going to find out exactly why he truly left. Um, so now they're in a quandary. So who do you get? Uh, the one name I floated out there was the um, Cavs OGM. Um, Oh, the white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. One time be racist, but I, you know, it was just, he is white. So, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> the captain, you know, which kind of put that squad together, which kind right. of got their chip. He, he would be the, 
he would be the most obvious fix because if you bring him in, then maybe you bring in a Ty Lue or maybe that you bring in a coach, and then maybe that will at least ease LeBron's mind. But then again, as you said, now if you bring in his old GM and you bring in Ty Lue's old coach, to me that was signal, oh, we thought that might have been LeBron's team, but we know that's LeBron's team now. Because now you got his old GM from Cleveland and you got his old coach. So he's running the show. Before it was some kind of questions of, all right, we think Magic is. We're not sure. But if they do that, it'd be the quickest fix for LeBron if he's his mind. But everybody in Mill outside of the free agents, but that's his squad. Now you're going to be in the same position that you're talking about. Who wants to come to LA? Because now who wants to be second fiddle? Well, who wants to get blamed if you come there and LeBron James doesn't win a chip? Because, yeah, he'll get some heat for it. But it'll be because, oh, because this guy wasn't, you know, living up to his, you know, his game. LeBron James can do all this stuff. He has all the stats. But this guy wasn't cutting the mustard. What if, how would you feel, or what would your reaction be if L.A. pulled off the coup of all coups and pulled Pat Riley and Spolster from Miami and brought him to L.A.? I don't... Ah, well, that'd be kind of hard because Pat Riley has 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 equity in the Heat, mm. so I don't. So I don't. They're they're probably not going to get Pat Riley, and you're probably not going to get Spolstra. Um, well, you might be able to get Spolstra more easier than Pat Riley because he has equity in the squad. Right. But I don't think Spolstra is going. Um, they could try to go after Jerry West, the logo, but right, right, bring him back, right. I don't think he's going back there. Um. I mean, you can go to the GM for the Golden State Warriors that created the dynasty. Um, that might ensure you getting, you know, um, Clay. He could, or, or Draymond, because he was he was a guy that that brought in both Clay, Draymond, and Steph. So he built that squad, you know, to what it is. Um, I don't know. It's. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, LeBron James just has to be sitting somewhere sipping his hip, sipping his wine out in Cali <laughs> before he's going to shoot Space Jam talking about what in the fuck did I get myself into? Right. Like the wrong L.A. team. Maybe I should have went to the Clippers. Out there in Napa. Now, if he would have went to the Clippers and took the Clippers to the championship, to me, I think that would have been a much more bigger feather in his cat than him going to L.A., and bringing a championship, which at this particular point, unless they pull off a major coup of getting some players, I don't think he's going to win one there. No, I I honestly, you know, when he when he went to LA, my whole thought process was, of course, because it was Hollywood that he has all this, the ties going into movies and TVs now, but also because he wanted to have that one last hurrah that he played with his son in LA. And he would have made it so that his son would get picked by LA, so that he and his son could play one year together, and then he would call it quits. I don't even think it's that. I think it's I think it's it's much more it's much more ego. I think he's been listening to all the people talk about how you had such an easier time going to the finals mm-hmm. and winning in the East. You can't do it if you go to the West. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I come to the West and go to the lowly Lakers 
You can get some people to come with you and then take the Lakers back to the championship because then you can say, I am the GOAT because I took three teams, two in the East when you said it was weak, and one in the West, which is supposed to be, quote, unquote, the stronger of the two. Now what? Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That would stroke his ego ever so nicely. <laughs> and he gets the opportunity to play with his son if that so happens, and that would be icing on the cake. But I think he wanted to prove a point to all the naysayers that he could do it in the West. I think he went to the North team. He should have went to the Clippers. And not to piggyback off of his playing with his son thing, but you see that Adam Silver believes that one and done could be done by 21-22. And that would firmly put LeBron's son by his senior year in high school when that uh, kind of goes away. <laughs> it just kind of just works out that way. <laughs> Really, all depends on who's picking at that point because there's no guarantee the Lakers will get him. <laughs> I guarantee if the Lakers still got LeBron, they're going after his kid. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but they might have. Well, we don't know, but you have to see how it all plays out. <laughs> true, very true. All right, guys, well, we're coming up on ten o'clock, so um, we are on. We're at the cusp. Um, like we said, Al is not here tonight, so. Um, He's here in spirit, always. <laughs> so, um, Ace, uh, before we go, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, um, and the gram, um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening out to our podcast. And as we say, love, peace, and soul. Deuces. Deuces.